a herd hour here on the porch. Randy Burnside joining me, the former Marshall Sports Information Director. And uh, it was a great conversation. We, uh, we dove into all things Marshall from uh, comparing some of the best teams of all time that the herd had, 1999, 2014, and 2020. Kind of was trying to pick Randy's brain on what he thought was the differences between those two. Uh, 2014 and 1999 and I think we got one significant difference which we'll we'll kind of bring in there a little bit for the 2020 squad we'll we'll talk about tomorrow we'll talk about remembering the 75 souls that lost their lives there uh, 50 years ago tomorrow Um, November 14th special day all black for the herd and uh, will be a very very momentous and uh, you know you always feel it there the chills and um, and the emotions will be running high in Huntington on Saturday is the number 16th ranked herd will take on Middle Tennessee State at high noon at the gym. So you guys know what to do. If it's in the morning, grab the uh, coffee, fill stout in the evening, grab the drink, and come on back as uh, Mr. Randy Bernstein joins me here for a herd hour here on the porch. How's it going there, Randy? Going well, Blaine. How are you? I'm I'm doing great. Uh, you know, perfect perfect fall weather. Been sitting here watching uh the boys uh from tour play uh, kind of play it down there at Augusta, and uh, you know, a real different November than normal, isn't it? This time of year. I would say so. It sounds like you're having a a much better day than I am. I had to go to work today. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know, hey, you know, it's it's not been bad to enjoy uh enjoy a Friday at Augusta here in November. I I understand. Yeah. Yeah, okay. typically not this. Typically not what we're uh, enjoying this time of year in November when it comes to the, uh, you know, this special time of year. Um, you know, a time to remember, a time to kind of, um, you know, I guess kind of heal every year in Huntington um, this weekend in November, Randy. And so that's kind of what I wanted to start off with um, okay. today with you. It's kind of, you know, can you talk a little bit about, you know, your time that you spent there and uh, kind of what this game means to you. And then I've got a couple questions regarding kind of how I feel it's maybe changed in the last, uh, you know, 15 years or so, this game in particular. Okay. Uh, well, uh, you know, a little background about me. Uh, I, I grew up uh, in Putnam County and did my undergrad work at Marshall and uh, first got to Marshall in 1995. And Good time. Good time to be coming in there to the herd. Yeah, and, no doubt. And, and uh, I was a broadcast journalism major, and I, I actually took an elective that was taught by Clark Haptonstall, who was the SID at the time, sports information director. And I realized that sports information married the two things that I love most, uh, which were broadcast uh, journalism and sports. And I immediately volunteered in his office and uh uh, started out as a student assistant, got to be a grad assistant, and was fortunate and blessed enough to get to move my way up until I became the sports information director and a assistant AD uh, for a number of years. And so I was at Marshall at a really, really great time. And, um, you know, to, to answer your question about the crash, um, I don't think you can go to Marshall and not be touched by the tragedy of 1970. Uh, right, right. We have all of the memorials that you see on campus, the fountain, the student center, the memorial bronze, 
uh, Marshall Memorial Boulevard, Spring Hill Cemetery, uh, the crash site. You know, there's reminders everywhere. Uh, but what I think uh, is really important to know and, and what I've come to firmly believe in my time as a student, as someone who worked there and now as an alum, uh, is that the crash didn't define Marshall and doesn't define Marshall, but Marshall's response to the crash defines Marshall. And I think when you look at the Huntington community, uh, the university, uh, the way that it picked itself up, you know, I think that's a real tribute to the human spirit. And I think that's what honors those 75 lives that were lost in that terrible accident that night. Uh, is how uh, the university has continued on, how Huntington's continued on. And I've been blessed to get to know members of the families. Uh, some of them uh, are, are good friends of mine to this day. And I can't imagine losing my father uh, right. like that at, at a young age. I can't imagine losing my mom and dad like that. Uh, but... Uh, the thing when I look back on it most, if you go to the fountain ceremonies through the years and you listen and you listen to their stories and what they have to say is, you know, in, in that terrible moment and that grief and that tragedy, you know, it leaves a void and that void is going to be there. But you also find out that you have a shared experience with others and you have this extended family. And, and that extended family is what has carried on. And I think that's, that's a, a wonderful aspect um, of the Marshall story and the Marshall family is in, in a horrible tragedy that happened 50 years ago, um, you find positives and good that, that has grown uh, in the aftermath of it. So, you know, I, I am a, a proud son of Marshall. I love my right, mother right. and, uh, you know, you feel a connection to it. I wasn't even born in 1970 when that happened, but, but through my time there where I worked, uh, in the sports information office and, and obviously going to the different athletic events and commemorations, um, you you get attached. You get attached to right. those stories and those those families, and, and you get to know those people, those relationships, it does. build that rapport. It does. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and it shapes you know your worldview and, and and who you are. And you know I, I've got a lot of stories that we probably don't have a lot of time for. <laughs> but Randy, we can we can bring you back any any time you want to talk <laughs> but talk I, about the herd man. But I will you know. say this. I will say this. Um, it was two thousand and six. And uh, the We Are Marshall movie and everything was um, uh, really uh, dominating the scene. Storylines, yeah. Yeah, 2005, 2006. And we made our, uh, it was our first year in Conference USA. And that meant. That first was Mark Snyder year too. Well, it was, yes. (laughs) 2005 was our first year, but 2006 marked our first trip to East Carolina. And now Marshall played East Carolina back in 1978. I think some people forget about that. But this was not the first trip back since the plane crash, but it was our second trip back. Uh, Mm -hmm. And on that trip, some things happened that, you know, 
are hard for me to explain all these years later. Um, but Dowdy Ficklin Stadium is still on the same ground where it was in 1970. And I just right, remember right. that trip. That morning, um, the radio crew and I uh, had gone to McDonald's uh, across the street from our team hotel there in Greenville for breakfast early in the morning like we normally did. Um, you know, I, I would have a rental vehicle. Randy, what was the go-to order, though, there oh, for you? Well, on those well, normally we didn't eat at a McDonald's, so this was odd for oh, okay, us to okay. even go to the McDonald's. <laughs> you know, usually we're in the hotel uh, restaurant. Steve Cotton's – Got something real nice for yeah, you. Yeah, Steve right. Cotton's an early riser, and, uh, you know, at the time, uh, Coach Cyrus was still with us before he passed away. Oh, and so, yeah, Greg – Left his calls, left his. Yeah, Greg and – Steve and I and Cameron Smith, our engineer, and Rocky uh, were with us, uh, our sideline uh, person. And, and it was weird for us to go to the McDonald's, but, but we walked across the street to a McDonald's. And, you know, I think my go-to order there, Blaine, to answer that question was the number one. I probably got it. Okay. Okay. I'm a burrito guy, Randy. Well, I'm a I do like guy. the burritos too. Don't get me wrong. I, I'm I'm yep. a connoisseur of good food, and uh, we're sitting at the McDonald's when I feel someone's hand on my shoulder, on my left shoulder, and I just see Steve's face look up like, "Oh, there's a guy there," and I turn, and there's an older gentleman fighting back tears in his eyes, and he's wearing a. Uh, what looked like an older East Carolina satin jacket mm-hmm. and he couldn't speak for a while. And, you know, we just looked at him for a number of seconds before he managed to get out a few words. And he said, you have no idea how good it is for me to see you all. And he started to wow. cry. Blaine. Wow. He started to cry. And, that's, and uh, it, it that's, that's it moving. I mean, that's... and it made the hair stand up on the back of your neck. And yeah. uh, the guy said, "I was an assistant coach on the East Carolina staff in 1970." And we were like, "Wow!" And wow. Uh, he said, uh, "Are you guys with the team? Are you all with the team?" And we said, "Yeah, I'm the sports information director. This is our right, radio right. play-by-play guy." And he just cried. And he said, there's not a day that goes by that I don't think of those faces of the people uh, that we played that day. And I, I knew Coach Tolly, and I knew, uh, you know, a lot of those kids. And uh, he went on to tell us, and, and this is something I'll remember the rest of my life. He said, that logo means more. Your logo means more than any other logo in college athletics. I want, I want wow. you all to know that. And uh, he said, ever since that day, you know, East Carolina is number one in my heart, but Marshall's right there. And I've followed you all through every win and every loss. I always look for the Marshall score and in your school. And that logo means more. Don't ever forget that. That's, I mean, that's yeah. special stuff right Yeah, now. And, and you know, stuff. he walked away and was gone before, before we could even ask his name. Uh, and I know mm-hmm. Steve and I talked about this a lot after that. But we wish we would have gotten his name to know who that was. But you know that was one of those one of those times that stand out to you when you're on the road and and uh, that happened. And and so yeah, uh, 
you know, there's a lot of emotion going into this week whenever the team plays, and, and it's always been that way, but I think more so uh, here in, in recent years. And I'm excited for tomorrow, uh, not just for the ball game, but I know that's a time when a lot of the families come back and, and, and mm-hmm. spend time together, and it's really special for them. And like you said, Randy, you know, kind of that family feel that Huntington kind of as the town exudes and, you know, the program continues to build upon it, it, it kind of is still encompassing for them and it allows those, you know, those families of people that were lost all those, you know, 50 years ago to still feel at home to come here to Huntington and um, be a part of the, be a part of the herd. And that's, that's special. You know, it, it really is special. Um, that's, that's kind of what I wanted to get at to, to next there, Randy, is kind of, um, you know, do you feel like the kind of the, the 75, the remember 75 game has taken on a little more significance here in the last, I, I mean, it feels like since Doc kind of came into the fold, it's become more of a, maybe more of a, a, a asterisk type game on the schedule. It feels like now, maybe with all the different things they do with it, or is that, or am I just kind of recency bias here? Um, it's always been there, Blaine. Um, right. But I don't, I don't think we had um, as much emphasis put on, you know, changing the uniforms and uh, mm-hmm, helmet stickers mm-hmm. and that sort of thing like we have had all the bells and whistles in recent of. years. But it, it's always been there. If you go back to the 90s, uh, you know, our, our championship in, in 92 with the Willie Merrick kick, uh, the 96 team going undefeated, you know, those, those were uh, important, important moments in school history. And mm-hmm. when, you, when you look at the crash and, and how much of a struggle it was afterwards for 20 plus years of losing football, and then Coach Parrish's team in 84 breaks through, you know, that was significant. That was a big deal. Coach Chomp coming in in the late 80s, doing what he did, taking us to a national championship game and that group. And then Coach Donnan uh, coming in and taking us to national title games in the 92 team. And then Coach Pruitt, 96, the undefeated season, leading into Division One A FBS football. And then Coach Pruitt, and, and then on and on. Um you know, that, that's always been a storyline there. But as far as emphasis yeah. on the game itself, um, I, I think you're probably right. In the last uh, 15 years or so, um, there seems to have been. And I think a lot of that has to do with our, yeah. the industry as a whole, maybe well, kind of explosion of the social medias, yeah, the, the different other content. But I think it also has to do with time um, and how people deal with loss and, mm-hmm. and what mm-hmm. what uh, the families feel and, and what is appropriate and what's not appropriate. And, and you know, sometimes things take time and, and people heal differently. And, you know, I think, you know, people have always been protective of, of the families and, and what their wishes are too. And, and I think with, here in recent years uh, with Mike Hamrick coming on as athletic director, uh, something mm-hmm. that they added. And I think the movie kind of helped tell the story to a new generation too. And now you're at a point where the kids on the football team today weren't even, you know, they were toddlers when the movie came out. 
Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. I, I saw that in that piece yesterday. Yeah, uh, the, so it, you know, the 50 Novembers. That's well, awesome. It's yeah, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. It's different generations mm-hmm. that hear the story, but um, you know, when you get back to thinking about you know the loss, the rebirth, you know, from ashes to glory, uh, the documentaries, and and I think a lot of that has has a lot to to do with how you commemorate it and how you go about uh doing things with the game but i think mike added a spring ceremony that celebrated the 71 team you know where we Mm -hmm. turn the water back on the fountain and and, you know tomorrow they'll turn the water off for the winter like we always have for these years And, and now that spring ceremony where you celebrate the young thundering herd and the rebirth of the football program and coach lingle's teams and and sonny randall's teams and uh you know Good old Sonny, yeah. man. Gotta oh, love old Sonny. I, I loved him dearly. He's he was, <laughs> you know, I knew Sonny when he was a color commentator. Okay, big old Bo jumped and, on the back of the he, herd. He there. had a he he was he was a real treat, no doubt. But um, I think formative years there, Randy, listening to Sonny yeah. and uh, Keith a lot of times on on that ESPN Plus uh, Channel Four local game. So, man, I, I yeah, I loved Sonny. Yep. I loved Sonny Randall. Yep. It, I, I I like what you said too about. Um, you know, Mike. You know, uh, you know, Hamrick incorporating the the young thundering herd with the with the spring ceremonies. I think that's really cool. But what'd you have about Sunny? You had something else well, on Sunny. Well, you know, just the struggles that they had trying to you know produce a winner. There were you know facility struggles, uh, just all those years. And you know, those guys um, that played those seasons. And Mike understands that because he played at Marshall in the late seventies, and right. he knows what it was mm-hmm. like then. Uh, but we eventually t- turned the corner. And I think for those guys uh, who went out and, and, you know, they worked hard and, you know, the, the, the effort you put into it, the blood, sweat and tears, uh, you may not have gotten a lot of W's, but for them, their day was going to be, you know, someday we're going to win games again and they're going to win for championships and we're, we're going to be a part of that. And I think what Marshall does really well is they include the whole football alumni family in the successes of today. Yeah. Absolutely. It kind of encompasses the, you know, the being kind of, um, you know, wishful with the, and kind of allowing the families, their wishes to always be met with the 50 and then the championship success of, mm-hmm. you know, the early, the early nineties in, in one double a, the, the former FCS, uh, the artist formerly known as FCS, you know, moving into moving into the to the MAC mm-hmm. and Division One Conference USA, it's continued. The programs continued to kind of go on that trajectory and done well. But um, you know, Randy, I like what you said about the fact that you know the game's always been important because significance has always been there. But how now the different bells and whistles have been able to be added. Um, and and I went back and looked at it, and I, the last time I have seen a Marshall loss on or around the plane crash was two thousand nine versus Southern Miss. So you're looking at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, at least eight years, give or take there, of consecutive wins on that weekend with Doc Holliday, you know, as, as the head football coach. And I thought that's been very kind of interesting, you know, incorporating the 75 on the helmets now and using the old, you know, the, the old logo from back then. And now Saturday, you know, using the black uniforms here and there occasionally now for that weekend in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, I've really enjoyed seeing those 
those things, Randy. But I, I, I was looking back, other than the 19, other than the 2000 loss to Southern Miss, when was the last time you can remember Marshall playing at home um, and losing on the weekend of the plane crash? You know, um, off the top of my head, I can't remember. Um, and I didn't, I couldn't losing, find, uh, you know, especially on that date. Uh, or yeah. around it, um, and I'm trying to write my memory. 09 was the only one. 09, a 20, a 20 to 27 loss to Southern Miss was the only one that I could mm-hmm. I could find around it. They played on a Thursday against Tulsa and got a win. There was a couple times here and there where like it was in the middle of the week, so I didn't really know which which one to give mm-hmm. or not. Something else I thought was kind of interesting, Randy, um, to look at on on this game, and maybe you can answer this based off experiences of the teams in the past. And maybe now this is why this is happening to Doc's crew versus during the Pruitt years and before that. Marshall, after the plane crash, uh, you know, the, the 75, the fountain game, has lost one, two, three, four, four times in the last eight years in the weekend after the plane crash. One time they had a bye um, after beating FIU in 2015. The 2014 team squeaked by UAB and old Sammy Hunt at the quarterback position there in 2014. Um, but every other year, they've had real struggles and lost those games since Doc's been the head football coach. Just thought that's a little interesting, and maybe well, you can kind of lend a little perspective. Well, maybe they've built that game up so much that the, it's a hangover for the next week, whereas in the Pruitt era and, and Chomp and, and Donnan, it was more next next week, but we're always honoring this, not just one significant. Week. You know that that's a interesting take on that, Blaine, and look at it, and that may have some impact when you put a lot of emphasis on one game and the emotion and everything that goes into it. Uh, you'd have to guard against a, a down the next week, but if you look at some of those years too, a lot of it has to do with who you're playing. You know, and, and the games True. in November, you know, coaches always say people remember November and, and, and you know, de- depending on, uh, you know, the quality of the team that you have and, and on your, I mean, you're on the road, you know, I'm trying to think back the last couple of years. Uh, There's a Charlotte loss you know, in that, there that last, uh, year. last, well, last that year. Was, that was rain um, and it was miserable conditions. I was at that game yep. in Charlotte. And uh, we just yeah. did not play well. Give old Will Healy and the boys some love that week, that that week. They played they yeah. played well. Charlotte, you know, then the, yeah, the next one Charlotte. there is a, a seven to nine loss to UTSA. Right. I remember in that being Charlotte's terrible. Defense. They were playing for a bowl berth for the first time in school exactly. history, and they were yeah. fired up. And they got it, and then they end up going and, and getting yeah. it done in that yeah, bowl game absolutely. too. Absolutely. So you know that happened there, and then in 2018. Uh, who did we have? Uh, we, we well, 2018 is the one, Randy, where it's kind of a – it was a midweeker. Yeah. And 2017, then, they lost to the Roadrunners uh, 9-7. to seven. <laughs> Yes, that was – Then they lost the game to FIU was. in 2016. Granted, that was not a good team. Yeah, but uh, you're, you're on the road uh, after that one. That, that's a definite tough one. And then the 2016 team was 3-9. and nine. And uh, right. went on the road to play a pretty good FIU after that. So a lot of it has to do with your yeah. opponents too. But uh, you, you, you may have 2016 team was lucky that they got that game in Huntington, really. I yeah. mean, it was kind of – that was the power of that game probably got them to win that year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that yeah. – no one saw that coming. Middle Tennessee was a bowl team in 2016. Yep. And, uh, yeah, that, that was a special game for sure that season. That might have been Stockstill's, what, second year there? 
potentially as the quarterback. I feel like he was oh, there it for seems the like better he, part of the last was, decade. He was there for the longest time. You're absolutely right. He's a really good coach's son quarterback, you know. He's finally had to move finally on, too. To move on. And we'll, but yeah, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about them, uh, you know, here in a minute, Randy. You know, go ahead. What would you have there? Well, I was just saying, you know, when you go back to that 2015 game, uh, you know, we were 10-3 and three that year, and the next game was at Western Kentucky, rival on the road that was really, really mm-hmm. good. So, you know, it, it has a lot to do with who you're playing to at that time of year. And I even gave him a pass on that, Randy, because um, because of the, the bye. Uh, you know, uh, it was a yeah, Thanksgiving bye, game week. They had, a, they had an extra week in there in between. I'll give him a little yeah. pass on okay. that. Okay, okay. And then they <laughs> – And then 20 – yeah, 2012 um, – was the year where they almost they almost beat ECU, you know, fifty nine to sixty five. That was a that, that was, was a rough a one, great, but you beat Houston. That was a great game. Yeah. That was a phenomenal football yeah. game. It was. So, so Randy, you know, we kind of talked about Middle Tennessee State. Um, you know, thoughts on tomorrow, and then I kind of want to get into a little discussion here about some of the best teams that we've seen in Marshall history. Okay. Um, after we kind of preview this game, because granted, this team right now six and zero tomorrow, seven and zero possibility versus Middle Tennessee State. A team we've seen uh, Marshall play on this, you know, um, remembering the '75 game before. Mm-hmm. What are you looking for tomorrow? You know, I know Middle's got a, a you know a pretty good dual threat quarterback in Asher O'Hara, uh-huh. but their defense is very porous. Um, you know, what what are your well, thoughts heading? Well, here's what I'm hurt? looking at. Um, it's the 50th anniversary of the crash. Uh, the emotions are going to be high. Uh, no matter who you are, you don't want to be playing Marshall this week at Marshall, especially right, on that right. date. Um, now, Middle has beaten us two years in a row, okay? Uh, you know, that that's something that, that has occurred. But you, you've got the black-on-black jerseys, the 75 on the helmet. Um, you know, this is one of those games where everyone is amped up for it and the kids give you their absolute best. Uh, in every way, uh, and I, you know, statistically, something that I look at before every game is um, how much yardage teams are surrendering on the ground and in the air. And oh, middle's yeah. given up 245 yards per game on the ground, so that, that <laughs> yeah, they they struggle me, a little bit. That tells me that Brendan Knox and company are going to probably have a really good game on Saturday and open up a lot of things for Grant Wells. And I, you know, with the hype videos on the Jersey reveal from last night with that wonderful special WSAZ did that Keys Morehouse put together. um, I don't see how Marshall doesn't dominate this football game. Um, I wouldn't want to be middle right now. I, I know middle has that decent dual threat quarterback, but I also know, uh, that they struggled mightily uh, against some of the better teams they've played early on in the year. They've only won two football games. Um, I think they're in for a world of hurt, and I would not be surprised. I told a friend of mine this: if Marshall didn't score fifty Ooh, plus points, and fifty middle, burger, middle, yeah, and middle didn't even didn't okay. even score. <laughs> so my question was so, going to be to you. Uh, over under 24 uh, in terms of the point, the win total for the herd, but I think you just answered that. I'm with you. You uh, lay him and laugh I, at the herd, I, right? I'm I mean, obviously. You, I'm telling you, um, I wouldn't be surprised if it was a really yep. high number, uh, you know, and quite frankly, I really like this team. I really, in fact, 
Uh, and no offense to that 2014 team, but I love this team. I love watching them play, and that defense gets me so excited the way they run to the ball, uh, the way they've been playing. Um, I think this may be Doc's you best know, team. I think they might be better than the 2014 I, team. And that's no I think you're right. to the 2014 team. They were really good, but this team would not give up 67 no, points. to anybody. To anybody. Um, no, I mean, that's, that's yeah. interesting. Is kind of, you know, on tomorrow, real quick on tomorrow, because then I do want to get into the 2014 mm-hmm. versus 2020. It is that, and I think the key thing I keep looking at from each each game moving forward for Marshall is, where is that WKU game that they had in 2014? Is there that game where everything kind of just falls off? And if you really think about it, even that team that year was really good on defense the entire season minus one game um, for the most part. Now, I think this group's a lot faster for the and, most and a little part, bit better but... you know, overall uh, defensively for sure than that team. But they, I, I'm, I'm a little worried about is there that one game that, you know, kind of trips up this team versus 2014, but I, I'm with you on that. I don't know if there is one because of the, the more this team is more complete. Um, the de- defense on, on this team this year, I think compares to 1999, Randy, uh, when, I, when, I, when I dig into I, the numbers. I, 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 I agree with yeah. you on that. I do. I, um, really I mean, this team this year, you, know, you look at it, they, they're giving up nine and a half points a game. Uh, which is number one in you know in FBS. If you want to include Wisconsin seven that they gave up against Illinois, playing one game as your number one, then move along. This is not for you. Um, but I mean, th- th- yeah, <laughs> and that's that's very comparable to the ninety. Yeah, because the ninety nine defense gave up ten and a half points per game and was number one in the nation that year. I think the big differences between that team, obviously the ninety nine team, and this team is at the quarterback position. You know, you had probably the best to ever do it at Marshall that year in Chad um, versus, you know, Grant Wells, who, you know, who knows? I mean, he, 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 he could well, Blaine, move into that echelon, right? Blaine, I'm going to tell you right now, Grant Wells is doing it as a freshman, right. you know, and Grant has something that Chad didn't have in that 99 season. And that's a win over an AP top 25. True. That's, that's true. Okay. And and that's that's impressive to me. That that was a really good Appalachian State team that Marshall beat earlier Absolutely. this year. And and, and, and I'll say this, Randy, I think the Fun Belt this year is one of the better leagues in college football. And App State still might win uh, that league. And this would look real yes. good come, you know, bowl selection time for the herd. You no, know, people are talking about Coastal Carolina and rightfully so. Uh you know, and well, well, heck, the other thing, Arkansas State went to Kansas State. Mm-hmm. The Big Twelve had a bad and, day. And Arkansas State, <laughs> and Arkansas State is kind of like fodder yep. right now for the yeah. rest. Of the and Sun you still got Belt. Louisiana in that league too. I mean, the and Louisiana's yep. had a great year. And, and you know, even I mean, they're not on this level this year. But Troy's been traditionally good, falling off a little bit since losing yeah. Neil Brown to my Mounties. Um, but I, I, I say this, I say this, Randy. Wells doing it as a freshman with that win over a top 25 team, it, it's kind of allowed Marshall to move themselves into the conversation early. Granted, you know, this year the polls are different anyway, but they, they snuck in on September 26th, you know, after a big win versus a ranked App State uh, team, whereas that Marshall team in 99, they got in on September 25th, the same weekend essentially, after beating Clemson early in the year and then winning a couple other games. So 
it's kind of mm-hmm. interesting how these two seasons, you know, 1999 to 2020 here, kind of they they're very similar in the way the defenses are both loaded. You're you don't give up points. You know, you're able to run the ball. One thing I thought was interesting, Randy, um, looking at it, not 1999 team only ran at 100 for only only 140 yards a game, which compared to offenses nowadays, I just was kind of almost miffed me, like that. It's well, just a different era of football well, back then, but. It was very different, and college football has changed a, a significant amount since the late 90s, um, you know, and I'm not just talking in in terms of how the game is played, but I'm talking about the numbers of teams in FBS. Yep. I'm talking about the age of autonomy where you have, you know, the Power Five conferences, the BCS system compared to the playoff system. A lot has changed, and it's really difficult to compare teams from different decades like that because of some of those things. The The game is different. But, you know, back in 1999, um, you know, if my recollection serves me correctly, we you only had, uh, you know, 100 and, and maybe 112 teams. So maybe. FBS schools, yep. and now you, you obviously have a lot more. Um, you only had um, so many bowl games, and now you know it's it's unbelievable the oh, yeah. bowl games. But you know, and talking along those lines, I mean, one of the best teams that we've ever had at Marshall, and it was my first year as the uh, head SID was two thousand and three. We were eight and four. Didn't go to bowl. We won at number six Kansas yep. State, who won the Big Twelve mm-hmm. that year. We should have beat number eleven Tennessee, and we went eight and four and didn't go to a bowl game because the MAC only had one bowl berth. I can't believe it was still like that in O four or O three. That's O three. So think about that. That's only seventeen. I say seventeen years. It's not that long though, really. Compared to, I mean, when you think about it, the Mid American, the Mid American Conference at that time was a very good football league. When you played Toledo. When you played Western Michigan, when you played Miami, when you played UCF, I mean, you were in for some good games. Now, we had some teams that struggled. You know, Buffalo was down. Glad you're not playing them now, right? Buffalo. Eastern Michigan. Yeah, things have changed, you know, and things do change. But at that time, you know, it was a tough league. And I'll never forget 2003. I mean, we went to Tennessee, and if Stan Hill doesn't – tear his ACL, we probably win that football yeah. game. We lose 34 to 24. Earl, Earl Charles at running and back I've got, uh, uh An 003, that would have been, yeah, right around that time yeah. frame. Uh, but we, you know, we that was a really good team. We had Darius Watts. We had Josh Davis, Stan Hill at quarterback. Um, we had Big Nate McPeak up front. Roberta Terrell was a good defensive back, and JT Rembert was on that team. Uh, you know, it was a quality football. This is the year after Leftwich, right, Randy? 03? Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was after our, you know, our uh, Mid American Conference Championship team of 02 mm-hmm. and, and, and all of that. And uh, we were coming off a GMAC Bowl win over Louisville. Back-to-back and, uh, GMAC Bowl you know, Stan, at that point. Stan had a chance to be a really, really good quarterback had he not gotten hurt, I think. 
And uh, we ended up, you know, when we beat Kansas State, Graham Gopner filled in. He was the backup yep. that day. 24-21 uh, that day, but, if I remember. Yeah. We, well, it was 27 Oh, 20. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. And then the next week we went to and Troy, lost. since you threw out Troy earlier, and found out they had a guy named DeMarcus. Did Brown. they have O.C. as well then, too, Randy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah defensive end. And let me tell you what. Stan got sacked, I think, six times in that game. And we lost 33-24, if my memory serves me right. And that was the first game at their new stadium. Yeah. Uh, it was, uh, was it Movie Gallery? Uh, was that what movie, it was? Yeah. Movie Gallery. <laughs> yeah. I remember that because uh, I remember Troy being I'm, like a, a, a kind of team that you expected to beat, but then they beat Marshall a couple times there late in the Pruitt era early. You know, and yeah. I was like, man, like, you know, that was those were those were tough ones to take. And and it's funny you mentioned that 03 team because that was the one team that you look back on and you say, man, that was the one team that Pruitt had that he didn't, you know, other other than his last year that well, didn't make it to the. But here's but here's the thing you got to understand: injury and Big Ben and other things do factor in and make a difference on the football team. Uh, they really do. And, and so, you know, and it's like a lot of people, I'm, I'm very defensive of Coach Snyder. Even. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he came into Huntington, um, you know, we were in a rebuilding mode. We're, we're on probation um, and we're getting ready to move. We're going into Conference USA, which is a loaded Conference USA at that right, time. Right, right. Uh, that has, uh, you know. Houston, uh, East Carolina. Houston, Memphis, UCF, East Carolina. Uh, you know, the whole nine yards. And we're also playing West Virginia every mm-hmm. year in, in their glory this, period. This is the rich rod holding the rope, man. Like number three and, and, and number five ranked. And, you know, that 06 team that Snyder had played number 15, Tennessee, number five, West Virginia. And then the conference schedule was brutal. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, that I don't think people understand um, there was not much – there were no games off. No, in that well, because period. you were still in trying to play up to had, the MAC or to that yeah, level in the CUSA at the time. You know, yeah, you had a couple that you could sneak by, uh, you know, without your best. And even Memphis but, back then wasn't great, and you were playing them, and you know that program now is at a different well, level. So that's you know, I remember well, talking, back then they were going to bowl. They had right? the Angelo Williams right uh, early on. Yeah, yep. they were winning. They were winning six and seven games a year consistently, mm-hmm. but. Now, uh, things have uh, definitely changed there, but um, you know that those are those are sizable things that I think fans don't realize the resource differential when when you go to some of these places and you see the campuses and and the enrollment and the facilities and the so right, and Marshall's done a great job. Let me, let me ask you, Randy. Uh, let me ask you on that because I've I've kind of we've always had this discussion amongst you know some of my friends and, you know, just different people. Would Marshall be better off now going back to the Mac, though? I mean, for the TV exposure, no. for – no? I, I, I don't agree with that. No. Um, you, can't, you can't look back uh, and, and, and question things like that. Oh, no, no. I mean, uh, I don't think it was a bad decision at the time. Change. But do you think that it might – But do you think yes. they've changed um, now for the better to where the Mac might be a better league for Marshall? More exposure? No. No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't even go that far. And here's why: mm-hmm. um, you got to take it in its entirety. And at the time, there was a massive differential. Oh, right, absolutely. Yeah, uh, without, without it, doubt, it was a big move up for 
many reasons. Uh, TV markets being one of them. True. And those mm-hmm. same TV market situations are still what they are. Ah, you know, yeah, Athens, yeah. Ohio is Athens, Ohio. Uh, Bowling Green, Ohio is Bowling Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ypsilanti, Kalamazoo, and so forth. Right. Nothing against them, but, you know, they are uh, where they are and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you look at Conference USA today. Yes, you know, some of the teams and schools are, are not uh, in their glory period right now, but you look at their potential. Southern okay. Miss, Louisiana Old Tech, Dominion. right. Old Dominion is in a college football hotbed. We're a hotbed of high school football for recruiting. Yeah, yeah. Um, it has great potential. Charlotte has great potential. Um, They're starting to get it going, you know, too, Charlotte. Is that a, That's a good – That's a good. Uh, I love yeah. Little Richardson Stadium it, down there. It's one of the fastest growing colleges in North Carolina. And if I'm not mistaken, uh, their enrollment has already surpassed Chapel Hill. I mean, there's, there's a lot of factors in play there. They will eventually get there. Now, what you want in your league and what I think, you know, you know, things have not happened this way yet, but we need Western Kentucky to be better. We need Western Kentucky to be the Western Kentucky they were when they were in the Sun Belt. And they dominated. They were in Conference USA Mm -hmm. the first few years they were in the league. We need them to be at their best uh, because Western Kentucky. You need the the Braun Petrino type of Western Kentucky teams again. Yeah, Yeah. I need I need Louisiana Tech to to be good and continue to do what they do. But we need Southern Miss to be Southern Miss again. Very true. Okay. Very very true. We need Southern Miss to be the the team that would play anybody anywhere anytime that you had when Coach Bauer was down there. We need them to get back to, you know, their winning ways. And when those things happen, uh, you know, like one of the, the, the pride points right now is UAB. True. Uh, what, what they've done since the program came back and, and, and the way that they've built that deal. Bill Clark's done a hell of a job uh, with that football yes, program he down has. there. Yeah, so it's we need, interesting, though. We need that. Interesting, Randy. You, you know, you kind of bring up, you know, having the rock rocking there in Hattiesburg and Legion Field being good. And you know what? I think Marshall and, you know, and Jones C. Everett Stadium kind of has that allure. It's been nationally yeah. known enough to where people know it. And, and Marshall being continued to be good would be really good for the league. So I, I get where you say, you know, stay in CUSA, the, the markets are better. And it, it make, does make sense from that perspective. Also, the you know, the difference in the Olympic sports is, is way, way um, – you know, it's not even a, not even really a conversation, well, it, it and that's depends, a different whole it different. Depends deal. on the sport. Yeah, well, yes. baseball especially. I know that um, is is one for sure. You know, I thought it was interesting. You brought up you know kind of the the Snyder year because I was going to talk about the Doc era versus the Pruitt era and kind of how I'm kind of comparing them to this point in time. Um, but you know, you brought up Snyder, and what do you think about the Snyder Bridge? You know, you said you know his years there, twenty three and thirty seven. He got let go after getting into his first bowl game, you know, in with the program. Um, so, I mean, you kind of look at it and say this, the Snyder Bridge was kind of unfairly looked at by most of the fan base probably. I do. I do. I think he gets – I think he gets a, 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 the short end of it a lot of times with fans because they're just looking for wins and losses. But what I'm looking at is a first-time head coach who came from Ohio State, a great program right. – uh, who you know worked under old Jimmy uh, Trestle. Trestle. Yep. Um, he's a good football coach. Mark has worked at a lot of great places, 
and I'll never forget this, you know, uh, one of the early, early on, I'm wanting to say, gosh, I'm getting old Blaine. So I don't remember <laughs> my years exactly. And it all kind of blends together, but we were, we were playing Houston on a Thursday night and it was an ESPN game and, and coach Holtz was in town. And so we're, we're meeting with the, the, the talent for the game. Oh yeah. Dr. Lou got to love it. Probably Mark yeah, May as well. And, right. And, and, yeah. yeah. And Mark, Mark left the room uh, to go grab something. And Lou looks at me and says, you know, I tried to hire him at South Carolina, but I couldn't get him away from Ohio State. He's a damn good football coach. All right. Well, that means something to me when you got a guy like Lou right. saying, I tried to hire him. Okay. So He's a damn good football back, coach, man. <laughs> yeah. When you look back on that and the years, we didn't get over the hump. But by golly, it wasn't because the, the man didn't try. Yeah, uh, he he recruited really well. Let's think about some of the guys. Uh, Vinny Curry know, that he had. Vinny Curry wouldn't be at Marshall if it wasn't for uh, Coach Goble and Coach Snyder. Yeah. Okay, that that wouldn't have happened. You know, um, so Bradshaw was during I that time. Went, I don't know if he was a pre- recruiter, a, a Coach Snyder recruit. Well, he came he came on right there at the end of of the uh, Pruitt, Pruitt years. years. Mm-hmm. In, but again, uh, you know, Doug Ligurski, uh, you know, some of those guys that were on those teams were really good football player. Aaron Dobson. Yeah. Uh, Best catch I've ever know, seen in person, had, Randy, that ECU and, catch. You know, we had some good football players, uh, you know, Cody Slate, uh, Lee Smith, uh, Mario Harvey was a good football mm-hmm. player, Ashton Hall. You know, Albert, Albert McClellan? Good, was he in that? In that? In that group as yeah, well. Albert Albert was in that group absolutely, yeah. and you know they, those were some good good football players. But look, I mean, you got to look at their schedules and what they were up against. I mean, you yeah. come in and you know you're playing number three Virginia Tech, you're playing number five West Virginia, number fifteen Tennessee. Uh, you know, I remember going. You know, it seemed like we were playing Virginia Tech and WVU almost every back year. Back to back, yeah. Period. And then you had Ohio as one of your off games, quote unquote. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, we're going to Wisconsin. We're going to West Virginia. We're playing Cincinnati and Houston, and and UCF is is starting to roll and get the thing going. And I mean, that's tough. We're going to Miami, Florida. We're playing West Virginia. I mean, those are tough schedules. <laughs> the toughest yeah. schedules we've had in school history are what was fed to him mm-hmm. uh you know during that period so i give those guys i give those guys a lot of credit the kids uh you know our football players and honestly and, and i'll say this it didn't work out for him in the end but you look at that 2009 season where we ended up oh six and six yeah, and then winning that bowl game it, yeah and and mark was let go and Rick Minner came in and served as the interim coach. He was our DC. And that's one of the most proud moments I have, even from, you know, and I love Coach Pruitt and I love Coach Holland. Right. Don't, don't, you know, anything. I love them all. I love it. I was blessed to work with some great coaches. But that that uh, Little Caesars Pizza Bowl trip. It's Ohio, correct? We won, we won that game against that Ohio team yep. with, with, with Snides not there and Rick coached that game. We did it on a shoestring budget, and we won 21-17 to 17 in that game. But if you look back on that season, there were just one, two, or three plays and where we could have beat East Carolina, had a fluke, a guy falls down and catches a pass for a first down. Yep. 
and East Carolina ends up going on to win that game. We could have beat them. I mean, it was it could have gone either way. Um, Played we somewhat competitively up, in Morgantown, we, if I remember correctly, Randy. I mean, it was a kind of a rainy game. It was game. twenty-four to seven. Yep. it was twenty-four to seven. Uh, you know, uh, we ended up losing by one at UCF. Uh, the Sunday nighter. I remember that one. We had had a backup center come in, and there was a bad snap, yep. and it cost us the game. Uh, Southern Miss, we lose by seven. I mean, those are three games. You turn that around, you know, and all of a sudden that team's nine and three. Yeah, or okay. even if, even if you win and, two of them, you're eight and four. That's a you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you win the bowl, you're so, nine and four, and maybe he keeps his job, and we're not even in the Doc Holiday era ever. Well, well, you know, it, it's it's just one of those things that you just never know. But you know, fans don't see the myriad of things mm-hmm. that impact the team in a lot of ways. And you know, I'm very protective of Mark in that way because I think he's a good man and he's a good football coach. You just didn't get some breaks there. Yeah. But when you start comparing Bob's teams, mm-hmm. let me tell you, Bob Pruitt's one of the greatest football coaches in the history of college football. I mean, ninety four and twenty three, sixty and eight. He had the, the ability. I love Coach Pruitt because he had the ability. He made his guys loose. Uh, they felt like they could beat anybody. They were beating people they didn't have any business beating. And Bob didn't have an indoor practice facility or the best facilities nope, in the nope, world. Nope. Okay. But he recruited very well and he surrounded himself with really good coaches. Okay. And some of the things Marshall was able to do during that period are just absolutely phenomenal. And to find people like, Byron left, which diamonds in the rough mm-hmm. that that weren't being recruited by Gerardi Mercer, Rogers Beckett, John Grace, you know, those guys were phenomenal. Jason Starkey, just yep. you know, Larry McLeod, so many, Larry McLeod, just great players. Now Bob did inherit some great players from Jim Donnan. Absolutely, I that, that you know, had from that '96, but he also brought. Uh, a lot of great guys in too. Uh, you know, we've been blessed with some good coaches. We really have. And and to fast forward to Doc, I think Doc is phenomenal. I love him dearly. Um, I think he's a fantastic football coach. He's more than just a recruiter. It makes me mad sometimes when, when I hear say that. coaches say things about coaches and all this. But let me tell you what, that guy has a plan to win. From day one, he had this binder that was on his coffee table and i said coach what's that mm-hmm. said, that's the plan to win <laughs> everywhere i've ever been they did things that i liked that i wanted to do i kept it in that binder so that when i'm a head coach i'd be prepared now that's impressive that is impressive and, and he's a good he, he's a good coach i love the way he runs his program i love the way um he handles himself and i, I love the way he teaches kids and uh, I think he, he's a phenomenal coach. And I'm proud of the fact that we've been able to keep him. Yep. These years. 11 years now. And he won a Conference USA championship. We had a shot at another one. Um, Randy, let, you know what? Bowl game. I, I want to bring that up we're, real quick. You just brought that winning up. Bowl games. About, the other, <laughs> about the other conference championship game. That, yeah. year with, that year with Rice. Yeah. How in the hell was that game at Rice? I still have well, never been able to figure that out. I've looked in through the tie, everything. I could never figure it out. In the tiebreakers, it had to do with um, the computer, a, correct? Quote-unquote. Everything, yes. So by a fraction of this or that, Rice ended up hosting that game. Even though Marshall was the one getting – I still remember looking at it and 
tabulating up the, the, the number of available votes and then being like, there's no way that's possible, but I guess the computer yeah. won out. And I think if they hosted that game, well, I think you'd have back-to-back conference championships. You know what my whole – you know, anyone who complains about that, what what I would say, and I wasn't there at the time my last year mm-hmm. uh, was the 2010 season, but we should have beat Middle Tennessee. You lose 51-49 at Middle Tennessee. You know, that, True. that's what you should have won. You win that game, then you're hosting. So, now that's easy to say in retrospect. Mid, mid, midweek game, I remember that one fondly yeah. versus and middle. That, that was a tough ball game, and it was a fantastic game to watch on TV, but you definitely don't want to be in it. <laughs> no, no. Well, I mean, you know, Marshall seemed to always kind of have these battles in the middle, which is why I'm looking forward to this one this weekend. Um, although Marshall's – Well, traditionally, they're a good program, yeah. you know. Stockton's done a hell of a job. Yes, he's a good football coach. He's mm-hmm. been around a long time, and he knows what he's doing. And, and you know, I tell people this, too, and I don't want to sound like a coach. I'm not, but other people give scholarships, too. Yep. And, and you know, Coach Pruitt always said that, and and Doc says that now, but they're right. And uh, uh, Middle has history and tradition, too. Middle was one of those teams that was a strong Sun Belt team, came into the league, and we need them to be – more like the middle of old too. Mm-hmm. You know? They've struggled the last what two to three years, I think, really, especially yeah. this year. It's been a disappointment for them. Yeah, they, they've had a down year, no doubt about it. But you know, with COVID nineteen and what we're dealing with right now, you know, it's a it's unprecedented. And the way our team's been able to navigate it and handle it, you know, kudos to Doc. Been impressive. Yeah, and the assistance for not having, you know, when we've had these COVID cancellations, it's not been because of Marshall. No, it hasn't. You know, yeah. it's these other teams, and, and that's remarkable, uh, you know. And I think that's what Doc gives you is that that leadership, um, kind of a father figure as a coach that you want to see. And, you know, he's got such a good reputation uh, in, in the recruiting circles and, and other coaches. I just love him. I'm glad that we've got him. He's won a lot of bowl games. He's, he's brought success back to Marshall. Uh, and, you know, I, I think he's earned, yeah. uh, you know, to I mean, stay at Marshall if, as if, long as he wants. If Doc, is not, if Doc is not the number one coach of Marshall all time, which I'd say you got to go Pruitt number one, right? Probably Don and two, then Doc three. Um but if Doc oh, I don't like playing, to. I don't like to. I don't like to do that. I right. don't. Because, yeah. Because you know, I'm thinking about Jack Lingle. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking about Stan Parrish. I, I'm thinking about Cam Henderson. Thinking about you guys know? from way back. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Let's, let's go back and talk about Jackie Hunt back. In, I mean, it's just so hard to compare guys. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think about Gunnar Gatsky. And I guess where I was an SID, and and you know, I've got to go to the College Football Hall of Fame a couple times. And, and, you know, think about, you know, the impact that those people had, you know, many, many years ago and what they dealt with and, and their struggles and strifes and, and their accomplishments. Uh, I think it's hard to compare people from generation to generation like that. But, you know, if I've got my all-time Marshall team and I'm putting together a coaching staff, I'm happy with Doc. I'm happy with Bob. I'm happy with Jim. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm happy with Cam Henderson. I mean, how could you not? Right, right, right. <laughs> you know, you know, a visionary. Uh, but Stan Parrish did a lot of great things. Jack Lingle did a lot of great things, but there weren't wins and losses. Um, you know, Sonny Randall's team. Sonny Randall, you know, you look at Marshall at that time, Sonny was there. And, uh, you know, the struggles that we had trying to turn the corner, uh, 
but you know they they all brought something oh, yeah. to that added to the Marshall story. Exactly. I mean, and I always remember hearing uh, Randy. Uh, you know, my good friend of mine, uh, Coach uh, Coach Carl Lee. You know, always talks about how Sonny Randall oh. motivated him to well, become that, who he is. You know, right. and Carl. I mean, Carl came to Marshall at that mm-hmm. time. You know, one of the things I love is when Carl talks, and Carl says, "You know what? I wouldn't trade those losing years at Marshall playing for Sonny." For anything because it taught me how to be a man. Yep. Okay. Yep. And there's something to be said for that. There, there really is. But I, I think you, know, you get a lot of that with Doc too, don't you? Really though. I mean, you do. You do. And what you get with Doc too is a lot of loyalty. Something that I, I hear that kids have said down through the years and, and, and today is, you know, Doc recruited a lot of these guys as fathers. When, when they mm-hmm. were, you know, Creating for the Mountaineers. Like, <laughs> yeah, when you're in Florida, I've heard many coaches tell me this, like no one recruits like Doc recruits. No one gets up earlier than Doc Holiday. okay? No one hits South Florida the way that he does and builds relationships like he yeah. does. You know, I used to, Mark used to tell me even that, you know, Doc, you know, when he recruited South Florida for Ohio State, you know, Doc just knew everybody yep. and those relationships and those bonds and, 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 you know, that makes you successful. And then he got and the, he got to do with the Florida too. And then NC state a little bit. So he even got yeah. to pump up yeah, his brand absolutely. even more than just, you know, coaching for Don Nealon at, at West Virginia. Uh, Randy, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I kind of wanted to real quickly here as, as we kind of finish off, you know, talking about Doc in this season, only one championship, you know, six and one of the bowl games, obviously, but still doing well. I mean, obviously he's building this program to a point that it's where it's at this season and navigating this COVID season. The remainder of the season, I, I see a few a few areas, but I also am not that concerned about any one particular game. Um, maybe Charlotte a little bit concerning. I don't know if that's one that you should kind of look at. I'd say, you know, Doc says all the time, each week there's somebody that gets beat that has no business getting Absolutely. beat. And it's happened to Marshall right. more than a you few got, times too. You got to be ready to play. Yeah. Okay. You got to be ready to play, but that's easier said than done. Okay. A lot of times people want to lay blame to a coach when they don't do well, and, and you don't want to blame players. But you know when a when you get to this level of college football, it really is a lot about the Jimmys and the Joes, mm-hmm. not as much the X's and the O's. It, that that's really true. Yep. Um, all the coaches know what they're doing or they wouldn't be where they're at, okay? Um, but that said, Doc is a winner. Uh, look at his bowl record. Um, yes, we, we have the one championship, but it's one more than we had prior to him coming to Marshall. True. In conference to a side. It's true. Um, we're consistent. We consistently win, you know, seven, eight, nine games mm-hmm. a year. Uh, yes, we all want a championship, and believe me, he wants it more than anyone else. I promise you that. The guy's very motivated. Oh, yeah. um, I think this year um, he's got a great chance at getting another one. Um, I think, you know, you look at that offensive line we have. You look at Brendan Knox. Sheldon you Evans. Grant Wells. You look at that defense and, and uh, Hodge and – and, and everyone, Beckett uh, and Matt Johnson and Beckett. Gilmore yes. back there. Uh, man, I mean, I love, I love McLean Sapp as well in the secondary. I mean, uh, I think one of the greatest things that we got this year is Brad Lambert as defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. 
huge, huge hire, mm-hmm. huge. Um, and I just – You'll have a little motivation know, I, for the Charlotte I, game too, for sure. Yeah, we're, we're the favorite. Yep. Well, he had that, you know – Had his that, coaching that, stint uh, there for a little while. And last year, losing that game that way, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, that's definitely that. But um, I, I know the FIU you know, and the, the Rice games too. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell, Randy. Um, I was going to say the, the FIU and the Rice games being added to the backside of the schedule. I like it. Yeah. I like the fact there's more games for Marshall, and they're down. Yeah, they're down, and you see that. Mm-hmm. But you still got to go and play. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, yeah, Rice is and, Rice is an interesting team though because they they kind of I feel like they're you know, they lost the one game in, in overtime, the quadruple, you know, Dwanker game. They've come back and won another. I don't necessarily think they're on Marshall's level, but it's a game that I hope Marshall's ready to play when they go down there. Um, sure. And because then at that point in time, you get a – now, Randy, I've heard this one for a, for a bowl matchup. Uh, and, and, you know, tell me what you think of this one. And maybe do it if you can. I don't know, you know, I've been told your prude impersonation is really good. Can you, oh no. no, it's not. No, oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. I was told it was no, really good. I, no. Oh, well, it's 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 been a long time. Okay, so. okay. Well, this bowl matchup that I've seen floated around of a Myrtle Beach bowl between the herd and Coastal Carolina on the teal down there uh, at Myrtle. What do you think about that one? Can you it, can we do it well, in a Bobby my, one? My mother. <laughs> My mother is from Conway, South Carolina. Oh, okay. Home of Coastal yes. Carolina. Okay. My, I have a lot of family in Horry County, South Carolina. And I am really happy to see Coastal Carolina doing well. Oh, yeah. I remember not, you know, and I'm not that old. I'm only 43. But I remember when Coastal Carolina was a branch campus of the University of South Carolina at Columbia. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they have come a long way at their athletics programs and as a university. And that area is growing great. And 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 selfishly, had if it were not for COVID nineteen and this horrible pandemic, I would love to see Marshall play Coastal Carolina in the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Yeah. But but my heart really wants to see the herd play a power five school. Yeah. Okay. Get that opportunity. I was, and I know, but, I, you know, and, and, you know, we played Northern Illinois a few years ago, and that was a fantastic Northern Illinois mm-hmm. team in, in Boca in that championship season of 2014. Right, right. And I think that was the right call at the time because that was the best program we could play. Northern had a phenomenal record over that five-year run, oh, yeah. run, and I understand that. But here's the thing. 30, 40, 50, 60 years from now, you know, when you look back in the record book, that went over Purdue and that went over Maryland in the military bowl. They look better. On they paper. look better. On paper. Even though they weren't as good as that Northern Illinois team, yep. but you beat an ACC team in Maryland. They're now in the Big Ten. But in the future, wow, they beat Maryland. They beat Purdue. Purdue. They beat Clemson in 99. Yeah. 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 They beat Clemson. Uh, you know, that's what people remember. Not Dabo's when, yeah. <laughs> when we beat Temple in 99, they were in the Big East at the time. Right. They were in a BCS a shutout, if I remember we, correctly. Oh, yes, we nominated yeah, yeah. them. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, those are the things I kind of I, – I, and here's what I hate. Mike did a great job of putting the schedule together for this season. Mm-hmm. And we had Boise State coming in. And Pitt. And we had Pittsburgh. Eat shit, Pitt, yes. Randy. Eat shit, Pitt. And we would have had – we would have had – this would have been a good matchup 
to get a good chance to get a win over Pitt. I think we would have beaten Boise yeah. this year and Pitt. I think both of them, and absolutely. That, that would have looked good. Oh, yeah. That would have looked good. Now, that win over App State, that's a great App State team, and I think they're going to win. No offense to Coastal, but I think Appalachian State's going to win uh, that league, the Sun Belt. So, But, heck, right now, honestly, I would have loved – to try to add a game with like a BYU or Liberty oh, I, or COVID. I would love to see a Liberty matchup yeah. if, if you know, and COVID know, cancellations happened and yeah, whatnot. And I know that that's likely not to happen with the way things are going on mm-hmm. in the roundup. But, you know, who knows what bowl games they're going to be, Blaine? We just don't know. But, right. so, oh, yeah. But, but you know what? When you, you look back, and, and, and I'll, I'll wrap it up here mm-hmm. with, you know, talking about the different teams and stuff. Uh, in my heart, when I look at all the teams I worked around, I got a chance to work around some great young men and a lot of great coaches, assistant coaches who went on to great jobs uh, and all this stuff. But that 99 team was really special. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and to me, when you look at the number of NFL guys that played on that 99 team uh, and that defense and, and the way they did things, um, you know, that's something I'll, I'll, I'll never forget being around that squad. Yeah. Now, no offense to the 2014 team. They were really, really good. Uh, they had that one blemish, you know, that, that, that came against them. Had that not happened, they may have been the team to go to the New York, New York, New, yeah. New Year's Six Bowl. They would have been in that, a, that, the Peach Bowl that year, correct? Probably. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's something that that I want to see so badly before I die is see a Marshall in the in the New Year's Six. Marshall in a New Year's. I mean, it's, game. You, I, would, I would love. You to know, Randy. The thing about it is, though, this year, if Cincinnati were to falter, but who's going to do it, Blaine? I, you know, I, I mean, mean that maybe the American, squad, maybe the American Championship them, game. They're really, really good. Oh, that defense I mean, that is very similar to Marshall's squad. That and you know that Cincinnati team that they're getting the props they deserve. BYU is mm-hmm. very, very good. Um, you know, but it's crazy I, to I, see four non-traditional teams in in the top sixteen. Yeah, you know BYU. Yeah, but honestly, I'd love to see. I'd love for this Marshall team to get a chance to play a traditional Power Five uh, bowl team. I really would. Yeah, uh, because I think. I really I love this defense and I love that offensive line. I do, and I think we could. This is one year we could literally play with just about anybody. And you know what? And feel good about you know what? One thing too, Randy, and we'll get out of here on this though is is the fact that the way the eligibility is working this year, I feel like a lot of these guys will be back for Marshall next year. I don't know how many of these guys are going to the league, you know. I don't know. I don't know how that will all play out, but you got five seniors on offensive line, and I know that it doesn't count against them, but they've got to start their lives too. Right, right. You know, you want to start making money, even if you're not going to be pro in football, you're going to be pro in something. It's a a question depending on do they want to take – do they want to take – you might have a few of them maybe want to, you know, do a grad degree for a year, maybe get a chance at at another year of glory there. Well, a lot of them. A lot of them may already have graduated and be working on grad that's, degree. That's true. That's true. And then you've got transfers to worry about now, which is something that you never really had to worry about in the past. But now you can graduate and transfer without penalty. So, so Randy, you're telling you me about that we, you're going to lose. You're telling me we really need to uh, kind of make hay while we can this year with this offensive line because you're well, not I'm sure what saying. we got coming back. 
uh, of all places, Blaine, Marshall's a place that should know that you can't take tomorrow for granted. That's true. So you, yeah. better, you better make the most of what you got while you got it. Hey, that's for sure. Let's make the most of it tomorrow, Randy. Hey, re- really great. I really appreciate you uh, coming onto the porch and uh, talking to the herd with us. And hopefully we can do this again sometime. No problem at all. Thanks for having me. Hey, go herd.